Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss it's episode seven of the women's running podcast i'm esther the editor of women's running and in this episode i talk to Gemma lewis better known as this girl can run far She's a runner we can all relate to, having taken up running as an antidote to gym going after the birth of her daughter. But the thing is with Gemma is that A, she's really, really good, and B, she's incredibly down to earth. Here she has a chat with me over Zoom, because we're still in lockdown, while sipping a cup of tea and keeping a reassuring hand on her pet pug, not a euphemism, who occasionally peeped into view, giving me slightly mournful looks while I took Gemma's attention away from him. She talked to me about taking on her first ultra with the proceeds of a last-minute modelling gig with This Girl Can, and how Joe Wicks has made her discover the benefits of strength training. She also talks passionately about how supportive the women's running community is, and equally passionately about her love of Dairy Lee Dunkers. And if you want insider tips, she explains here how to stop your hydration pack sloshing about on your back, making you need a wee. Essential running advice, right here. Have you got the latest copy of Women's Running? If you're missing it, the easiest way to get hold of a copy is to go to our online shop at shop.womensrunning.co.uk or you could get it delivered direct to your door every month by subscribing. If you prefer instant access, then digital is for you. You can buy the digital edition at pocketmags.com or download the app to your phone or tablet via your app store and you can read it straight away wherever you are. For all the different ways to read the magazine, go to shop.womensrunning.co.uk. So how have you been? How's lockdown been? Are you okay? I am okay. Um, It's been a very strange time, as I'm sure it has been for everybody. But I just feel for me personally, it's been an absolute blessing in disguise. Um, It's made me look at all the things that I was neglecting, mostly my strength training, which um, 
I just came out of quite a serious injury. I got injured um, just before Christmas last year with a back injury, which I had also the year before as well. And basically, it's just having a weak core. So having a weak core caused the back problem. And I just wasn't doing enough strength training to help with that and um, cause stability. So I kind of fell into it by accident because obviously I've got two small children, Esme and Rosalie, who are six and eight. And I just started doing Joe Wicks with them as, ever, as the whole country did. And um, just started doing um, his workouts. And I just noticed that my body started to change. Um, and I just started to get stronger. So I just kind of, it went from there really. So I started basically doing HIIT training five times a week, as well as rehabilitation work and starting running again. And um, yeah, it's been a massive blessing. So I've just been doing like, I mean, I've kind of, you know, the cool kids are calling it, you know, the glow up, but I'm just calling it the show up because if you show up, <laughs> you're going to get the results. And I've got some fantastic results just by showing up every day because I haven't got anything else to do. So I converted my garage into a gym <laughs> and, um, and just made the best of what's been, you know, quite a rubbish situation for everyone. So, yeah. So what were you doing before lockdown? I was working and, you know, just trying to squeeze everything in. But this time at home has really allowed me to focus on myself, I suppose. I mean, the children are obviously still here as well, but um, it's definitely given me more time to focus on me and what I need to be doing. So that's been really good. So can you... Um... Can you talk about, who have you got there? Who's that? This is Rolo. Sorry, he's my elderly pug. And if I put him down, he'll bark. <laughs> he's 13. He's very old. He's very old. He's him. very cute. He's very old. But yeah, he'll bark oh. if I put him down. He's quite used to like white table talk. So he likes to sit on my lap when I have my tea dates. So he thinks this is a tea date, which it kind of is. <laughs> so so can, you, um, can you tell me about your history with running? And when you started that? Yeah, of course. So I wasn't actually, people think that I've always been this crazy runner girl, but actually that is not the truth and that's not my story. So I used to run at school, as everyone did at PE, and I was, you know, I was quite good at it. But then I left school and I never really ran again. Um, and after, and then I got pregnant with my first daughter and I gained quite a lot of weight. And the decision was made by me and my husband that I wouldn't return back to work because if I did, it was a full-time position and childcare costs, it just wasn't going to be worth my while. And actually, I didn't want to go back. So I didn't go back to work. So I was left, I gained three and a half stone with, with Esme, my first daughter. So I kind of needed to lose this weight, but I didn't have the fancy gym membership that I had when I was working full-time. So I had to think of a way of losing this weight without spending any money. So I just naturally just assumed that I would just become a runner. But the problem is when you haven't ran, you can't just go out and run. And there was no couch to 5K back in 2011, which was when I had Esme. Um, so I just decided one day that I was just going to go out running. But the problem is I couldn't run. So I, I remember clearly I got to 0.4 of a mile and I just stopped and, and just cried and just found it so difficult. I just thought, oh, this is horrible. This is not for me. And it's not as easy as I remember. I just, 
I had no fitness. I had no base level of fitness. I just put on an old pair of shoes and ran out the door. But of course, that's not how you run when you don't run. You, you build up to it. You walk, run. But I didn't know anything about couch to 5K back then. There was no such thing. So I just kind of muddled on. But then I decided that um, I wanted to do a half marathon from not being able to run at all, not even be able to run one mile. I wanted to put my sights towards a half marathon. So I gave myself six months. So from January to September, I built myself up, probably in the wrong way looking back at it, but I did manage to do it. And I did my first half marathon and I did it in one hour 58. I wanted to go sub two hours and I did it. So I was really happy. Um, And then I got pregnant with my second daughter and I completely stopped running again. Um, Because for me, exercise and pregnancy, it just didn't feel right. I was doing boot camps at the time. And I just remember thinking, why am I doing this? Because it just didn't feel right to me. So I stopped doing it. I got pregnant with Rosie. I gained even more weight the second time. (laughs) I gained four stone. (laughs) (laughs) So I gained four stone and it was just, again, I was back in the same position of, okay, well, I'm going to run again to lose the weight because it it seemed to work last time. Um, But the problem is I had quite a, I had a really good birth. I had a water birth with both of them. But unfortunately, my recovery for the second time, I was 30, it just wasn't as quick. So I couldn't run for 10 months. I had um, pubic synthesis and I was getting adjusted every week, but I just couldn't run. So um, I was getting adjusted. And when I could run after 10 months, that's when my life completely changed in a very unexpected way. So I was just coming back into running and then I discovered park run. And a photograph was taken, as, as you all know, with Parkland, you sometimes get a photographer that takes a snap, you know, sneaky snap of you. And I was so funny. I had this flipping hydration backpack on my back to put my phone in because I had no idea what I was doing. So I had this backpack on. It looked like I was running an ultra when I was actually running a 5K. And I just had my phone in my backpack. But I, I put, um, and they took this picture of me, but actually it looked quite, it made me feel quite fierce. You know, mum of two, I had this backpack on. I just felt like, yeah, like this is, this is, this is me. This is the new me. Anyway, that photograph, you could submit it to this girl can. So I submitted it because I wanted the writing over the top that said something like hot, hot and not bothered or something, just something like, you know, cute like that. So I submitted this picture and then they gave you the captions put over your own photograph. And I thought that was all it was, but actually what it was, was a, they were looking for campaign ambassadors for women in sport. And they asked me if I wanted to be a Southwest ambassador. And I was like, well, of course, but nothing really came of it until I had a phone call saying, Gemma, I know this is really short notice, but can you get to London tomorrow? Bearing in mind, Rosalie would have been, how old would Rosalie have been? She would have been less than 18 months old um, and I was still breastfeeding her at the time so it was it wasn't as easy as me just getting away anyway so can you get to London tomorrow somebody's pulled out and we need you for the campaign for Marks and Spencers because Marks and Spencers are doing a clothing line I'm not a model (laughs) it's just like I don't know if you really want me I've never modeled before they're like no we want real girls on the campaign we want real women so can you get to London tomorrow with your running buggy minus the baby? <laughs> we'll just we'll, we'll use the blanket instead of your, and I thought, okay. So I rang my dad, who's a taxi driver. And I said, dad, can you get me to London tomorrow? I wasn't working at the time. I had no income. And they told me that they were going to pay me 300 pounds for this shoot. 
And I would have done it for free, if I'm honest. But the thought of having £300 for a day's work when I hadn't worked in years was something that I was very excited about. So anyway, my dad said, yeah, I'll clear my diary. I'll take you to London. So off we went to London with my running buggy. We did the shoot. They paid me the £300 just before Christmas. And I was just coming back to running very, very lightly. And me being me, I'm very much an all or nothing person. I got this money from the shoot. I had a great day. It was awesome. And I, get to, I, I got to keep all of the kit as well, which was just amazing. Because wow. I didn't have any money. So for me, having brand new kit was a really big deal because I had no money. So I, had, I did the shoot and um, got the money. And then I thought, well, I need to do something life-changing with this money. I don't want to just spend it on Tesco food shop. I want to do something with this money. So I went online and I don't know what it was, but I just decided it'd be a really good idea to do an ultra marathon. And I hadn't even run a marathon and I did a half marathon, what, three years previously or two years previously. And I just thought I like to set my sights really, really high. So that's what I did. I entered Race to the Stones and on the 10th of January, I created an Instagram account because... I just thought, I really want to remember this and I want to take pictures. I didn't really understand Instagram. I didn't understand hashtags or how it worked. But I just knew that I was becoming a bit boring on Facebook and no one actually cared about my training, which is fine. So I created this account. I wanted to call myself This Girl Can Run because I did the This Girl Can campaign and I, I can run. But unfortunately, This Girl Can Run was taken. So I had to call myself This Girl Can Run Far, hoping that I could actually run far, but I didn't know. <laughs> so I called myself This Girl Can Run Far, and then I put it on Facebook. I remember it clear as day. It was the 10th of January. I did my first post, and I put it on Facebook, and I said, I'm training for an ultra marathon. If anybody wants to follow my journey, here's my Instagram name. And 14 people out of, I don't know, I had about 400 friends, followed me. So my 14 followers... I was set <laughs> and I was going to do this. <laughs> and I spent the next six months training for it. I found Instagram really helpful. I, I kind of connected with other runners because I found out how Instagram worked. I connected with people that had done the distance before. Um, a particular person that I connected with um, was a guy called um, Ultra Runner Justin, who'd done 100 milers. He was very helpful. He sent me loads of emails with loads of tips because I really didn't know what I was doing. And it was really helpful. Things like, you know, not tying your shoes too tight because your feet swell. Things that I wouldn't have even thought about. And it was just a community, really. And then I suppose because my journey was so authentic and so raw, people started to get interested in it and started to follow me. And before I knew it, I had 100 people that wanted to know about my journey. And it was, it was people from all over the world. And it was, it was amazing. So, so yeah, then I, then I actually trained for the ultra and then I did it. And then my girls were waiting at the finish line and it was definitely one of my, my proudest moments, just going from nothing to hundred K in, in six months. So, so yeah. That's pretty amazing. And, um, look, I, I met you last year when we were doing the Loch Ness 10 K. Did. Um, which was <laughs> absolutely lovely. Um, how did you find that? And what, what other races had you been doing kind of in the build up to that? The Loch Ness 10K was an amazing race because I actually got a PB that day. I actually ran a 42.59, which was an absolute dream time. Um, and before the Loch Ness 10K, I was actually in the midst of marathon training. So I, after um, 
So after Loch Ness, I then went to Montreal and did my marathon prep race, which was went really badly because it was a heat wave. Mm. Um, but that actually was in the midst of marathon training when I did the Loch Ness 10K. So that was like a tune-up race. And um, then I did my, my A race, which was um, Abingdon Marathon in October. So, um, and how did that so, go? Yeah, it went really well. I got a 3.23. I seem to run three hours, 23 marathons. I've done it twice now in two different years, 2018, 2019. I ran 3.23 at the same course. Um, so yeah, it went really well. But of course, after the marathon, that's when, um, and then I started to PB again. I started to peak again, but then I got injured. Um, again, not enough call. Um, but yeah, 2019 was a really good year. And this year, well, <laughs> I wasn't ever going to do a marathon this year anyway. I wanted to give my body a year off from marathon training because it's quite intense. Um, ultra marathons, I think, in my opinion, are much more doable than racing a road marathon because racing a road marathon is extremely difficult and very hard on your body. Ultra marathons, you can stop at an aid station, eat Kit Kats and crisps, chat to your friends. Instagram story, you know, it's fun, but marathon racing a road marathon is, is not fun and it's really hard going on your body. So the marathon for me, Abingdon is always my a race of the year, but next year I'm going to be targeting Newport, which is um, a nice flat, fast marathon, but I don't like them really busy. So I, I did London and I didn't really enjoy it because it was a bit busy for me. I prefer the quieter races, which was what, which was why Loch Ness was such a pull for me it's a nice quiet race like there's support but it's not overwhelming London I found quite overwhelming so I like quieter races Abingdon Marathon no one even knows about it it's a quiet race that no one cares about and those are the races that I enjoy the most the ones that no one really knows about so what what has been your favorite race that you've done my favourite race ever was the Montreal Marathon that I did in 2018 without the heat wave it was it was the first time I BQ'd which is Boston qualifying time I did it by accident um I was running a strategy of running four miles on four miles off so I would run four miles easy four miles marathon pace four miles easy four miles marathon pace and I did that for 26 miles but me being me being um a bit stupid I didn't realize that um a marathon is 42k because it's in Canada they don't work in miles they work in k so when I got to um 40k I don't know why but I just thought I had a lot longer to go than 2k so I crossed the finish line in 330 and it didn't even feel difficult for me to run that time and I just remember feeling so elated that I'd achieved a lifetime goal but without the it didn't really feel like a lot of effort because the year before I I didn't I ran 346 at London in the heat wave Sorry, no, not that. No, that it was that year. So that that year, I ran three, four, six, and missed my good age by seventy-seven seconds. And then I went and ran a three thirty six months later. Without it, didn't feel like it was that hard work. But it's probably because of the heat. There was no heat. It was ten degrees, and it was a lovely flat course. And it was, you know, and Montreal is a French-speaking place, so a lot of the signs were in French, and um, it just. It just was a different feel and it was just, yeah, getting that time when I didn't expect it was just, yeah, a feeling I can't really put. Yeah, it was definitely my best race ever, that one. Why, why did you choose Montreal? What's the, what's the draw? 
I just, Montreal again was a bit of a funny one. I chose a place that I didn't know anyone. So I was kind of in the thick of the mum life. And again, I'd made Instagram connections across the whole world. But after London Marathon, I just, I had a stress fracture before I got to London and my training was all just, I didn't do anything that year. It was 2017 and I got a stress fracture and I didn't end up doing London. And I just wanted to, when I got better, I wanted to do a marathon that year, but just wanted to go somewhere that nobody knew me. And I wanted to kind of have a break from my family, I suppose. I was just, I was so consumed in mum life. I just felt like I didn't really know who I was anymore. So I picked Montreal because I've, I picked a marathon that was a trail marathon. It was up a mountain. I didn't know anybody there apart from a few people that I'd met on Instagram. And I just got on a plane and went somewhere that I didn't know. I just wanted to do something brave. So I, I picked a country that I didn't know. That does sound very brave. Yeah, it was because I didn't know anybody. So, but only people that I knew online and then met in real life. But I didn't actually know one person over there. So that was a draw of Montreal. And I've gone back every year since because I've now made a complete running community over there. And I love it. So, um, so yeah, I'd make that my... I want to show my girls. I've got two young girls and I want them to know that they can follow their dreams and their aspirations just because they're a mum. You know, it's different because when I'm at the school gate and they're like, they get... People, the mums get really confused, like, oh, so you're going away on your own. It's like, yeah, I am. And it's one week a year. I'm with my family for the, you know, for the other 51 weeks of the year. I'm with them. So I don't see a problem in going away, doing something for myself for one week a year. I think it's really important. If my husband went on a golfing holiday, no one would say a thing. But it's because it's a woman going on her own for her own reasons. They Women don't seem to understand that. And I want to break that stigma. So I do it every year. And I give my husband instructions on how to use the washing machine. I'm like, get on with it. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I wanted to show my daughters that they can, you know, you can, you can travel, you can do something for yourself. And for me, my joy is running. So I put running in my holiday and that's, that's what I do. So. And do you find, have they been inspired by your running? massively they have I don't push them into it and I don't but sometimes I'll come home from a run and they'll say oh can can you run with us especially my eldest who's going to be nine this month um also things like park runs been massive for them but I just I just feel so strongly about women in sport feel so strongly about it and how women I've got so much confidence from my running and actually ended up finding myself in running when I felt like I really lost myself when I lost my you know my full-time job and ended up in this kind of mum life as I like to call it I felt like I really lost myself for a long time but running has given me a voice again and it's given me a reason to to inspire others to find what I found in it and I just that's what I want to share on my journey is I want people to get out of it what I have to see what to see the capability that you've got in you if you put the work in it's not easy it's not easy at all but everyone's got that capability if they put their mind to it what gives you that sort of strength of mind then what is it is it instagram is it you is it no it's definitely not instagram if instagram closed tomorrow nothing would change for me at all only I wouldn't be able to do any Instagram stories anymore. But um, I, it, for me, it's self-improvement is my internal driver. It's, it's self-improvement. It's 
knowing that I haven't reached my potential yet. I'm 38 this month. No, sorry, 37, <laughs> 36 at the moment. I'm 37 this month and I just feel like I'm really happy that I know I haven't run my best marathon time yet. I know I've got a better time in me. Um, I know that I'm going to be running into my 40s and I know that I'm going to still be PBing because I'm just getting stronger. But running just takes so much dedication. But it's just great to know that it's you against you and your times mean nothing to other people, but they mean everything to you. It doesn't matter if you haven't run, if you want to run a sub 35K, that's just as important as somebody that wants to run a sub 25K. For me, there's no difference. It's just you versus you. And seeing the improvements I've made is just thousands and thousands of miles of hard work. I'm not naturally gifted. I'm not naturally talented, but I, I'm consistent and I show up and that's the difference. So that's for me, my, that's my drive is trying to be the best me that I can be. So do you run on your own? Yes, always. I'm such a lone wolf. I really am. I like running on my own. I like listening to music on my, I do run with a friend once a week and that's it. Once a week. I do enjoy being on my own, especially when I do my long runs and I'm training for a marathon. I've got to go out and run 22, 24 miles. When you're racing, you're on, you're effectively on your own. So I find to train with others, it's like a security blanket that you really shouldn't be getting used to because when you're racing, you are on your own. And especially in races that I do, like the, the quieter races, you're quite often on your own, like Loch Ness. I wasn't exactly with other people. Um, you have to get used to being alone when you're racing, especially when you're not doing the big races. So I like to run on my own. <laughs> Um, so we've talked about your favourite race. What was your least favourite? My least favourite race? I would say, oh, my least favourite race. There's, it's probably a little local race that's called the Ironwood 10K. And it's, I remember getting to mile one and you had to like climb up a rope to get up this steep and I thought oh my god what have I done and it was so hard it was a trail race but it was 10k of hell I remember thinking I want to quit after mile one I've never felt like that after a race before thinking I want to give up after one mile I thought how am I going to get through the next five because it was just so tough so yeah it's probably that one it wasn't great doesn't sound fun (laughs) Um, so like you've been explaining your um your training has completely changed it, while you've been on lockdown mm-hmm. so can you tell me what the difference is in like a, a week's worth of training now as opposed to a week's worth of training a year ago definitely so a year ago there would have been no strength training in my running I'd have gone out run six days a week and that would have been it now what kind of mileage were you doing um probably about a year ago, I would have probably been doing, you know, around hovering around the 40 mile mark, which is again where I am now, hovering around like the 40, 45 mile mark. That's where I kind of sit when I'm not training for anything. That's on my base mileage is 40 to 45 miles. But now the difference is I'm also incorporating other stuff. My strength training is now five times a week on top of the running. And also, I found this really weird love for skipping in lockdown. I just I picked up a skipping rope from eBay and I just thought, I really want to skip. And I thought, oh, it'd be, my kids keep skipping. And I think, oh, it looks really easy. I skipped for like 10 seconds and wanted to die. <laughs> so I wanted to challenge myself to skip for five minutes, which doesn't sound like a lot, but actually it's a lot. 
So I also do skipping as well. I've um, five days a week as well. So. And what kind of strength training are you doing? It's really body weight exercises, also incorporating weight. So I'm doing, um, I'm doing Joe Wicks's 90 day body challenge. Um, so I paid for it in lockdown. It was half price. And it's, you've got cycle one, cycle two, and cycle three. And cycle two incorporates a lot of weights. And again, that's, um, that's five times a week. But I've just really found the difference in doing that. Just It's completely changed my body shape. I've also, um, when I came out of my injury, I, I did have quite, I did put on not loads of weight, but it was too much for me to run comfortably. And that's now gone. So I've kind of shedded quite a lot of body weight as well. So that's been good. And where do you like to run? Are you a road runner? Are you a trail runner? I'm a road runner. I, I do love the trails, but for me, I love a nice flat country road that's got blind corners and just nobody really goes there. My favourite loop is a place called Kingston Seymour, which is just so boring, but I just like it because it's just quiet and it's just country lanes and it's flat. But yeah, I do like the roads. I'm definitely a road runner. I do enjoy trail, but roads where I really do enjoy it the most and did you have um did you have any races in the diary that were cancelled no because I was injured so um I haven't I didn't actually book any races for this year because I was just coming out as rehabilitating myself from my injury so I didn't actually have any races booked for this year so I haven't it's not been a disappointing year for me. This year was always for me about not racing. It was about building a stronger base. So I'm not getting injured. I've had the same injury for twice in two years. So that was come, that came from my weak core. So this year I was really going to knuckle down and target that before I built myself up to race. So no races have been cancelled for me this year because I didn't actually have any in the diary. For me, my focus has been on getting stronger and I think that's where you're noticing a lot now where people are struggling a lot of runners need that carrot that 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 reason to go out I don't need that so for me lockdown has changed nothing because I don't need that race to validate my hard work which some runners need and I don't so I've actually been quite lucky in that respect that I don't really feel that I need that to make me go out and make me run and so um can we, because you've mentioned your injuries a couple of times, can we talk about that a little bit? Because um, you were talking about your back, but also um, I saw an Instagram post um, where you were talking about your socks. You are known for running in your socks, yeah. in your knee length. Um, and I know that that was also a bit of a, um, a, a help because you were concerned about injury there yeah. as well. So what sort of injuries have you, have you suffered? My back injuries have been the worst ones because when they hit, you, you can't walk, let alone run. It's an L5 injury, so it's at the bottom. It's like a bulging disc. Um, so when I've had that twice, and um, they're my serious ones. But I always get niggles in the bottom of my legs, um, in my calves. So I quite often used to wear compression socks because it used to make running on these niggles manageable. But the problem is, is... You need to address these nickels, not just cover them up with socks. <laughs> so I took the socks off. I made the decision this year to take, the, I, I still wear them on my long runs and sometimes on my speed work, but I wanted to start running, not wearing them all the time. So, and, and what happened, what, what happened with your back then? So is that, is that a slip disc? Yeah, it's a bulging disc and um, it's just come, 
I think it's from having children. Um, your back isn't as strong. But yeah, it's just an area that is, seems to be my weak point. But it doesn't help when you've got a very weak core. You've got no stability. If you imagine your, your core is like a steering wheel for your body. So if your steering wheel isn't tight, your legs and hips will just go wherever they like. So you're not strong in your trunk. So that then leads to problems where your hips, your hips, you know, your legs are going everywhere. Your body's not straight and strong, which is, that's part of the problem. But I wasn't addressing it. I just kept coming out of these injuries and then going into the next. So it was time for me to stop, which is great because lockdown came along and actually look at me and think, okay, what's weak? And everything was weak. So that's why I've been addressing it in lockdown to stop this you know happening again all the time so have you do you feel like you're like queen of the plank now I do feel like I'm queen of the plank (laughs) but I can what I'm most happy about is actually being able to do a backwards lunge and getting my knee on the floor which I couldn't do before lockdown I was that stiff and had no range of movement and also doing my um personal training um which I've also been doing in lockdown a lot of study for my personal training course that I've been doing and it's kind of under, and doing anatomy and really understanding the body and how it works and I just had no idea really so it's been really helpful so yeah I'm more happy that I can get my knee on the floor doing a reverse lunge but my plank gains pretty strong too but yeah it's more my lunge I'm really happy about <laughs> sounds stupid but it's just a little thing it's just the little things that make me happy just seeing the improvements and you're so um, you're training to be a personal trainer is that your ambition I absolutely am and also um running coach as well which I was just about to qualify before lockdown happened I had my day four um with UK athletics because actually as much as I love doing you know doing my coffee and doing my um baristering job even though now it's gone um, actually helping people run is something that I'm extremely passionate about and I want to do it the right way just because I have a large Instagram following doesn't make me a run coach and I see a lot of people just decide one day oh, I'm going to coach I don't want to do it like that I actually want to do it properly um, and qualify I've actually been helping a few people during lockdown um, just just as a fun project really and they've been getting amazing results and really improving their running and just getting that feedback has been so rewarding because I believe in life you have to do what you're absolutely passionate about and I'm very passionate about what I do and running and I just I just want other women to to get out of it what I have it's not even necessarily about the times it's about how you feel about yourself and that self-confidence so I think going forwards that's going to be my road but I want to do it properly not just because I have a large Instagram following I'm not all of a sudden a running coach I want to really do it properly so what advice would you give women that wanted to run that were kind of maybe maybe they've had kids too and they're worried about yeah. um, strength, they're worried about being seen, they're worried mm-hmm. about whether they yeah. can do it in the first place? What would you tell mm-hmm. them? I definitely have been in that position myself when I put on lots and lots of weight and I was very worried about um, being seen in public running. And I think you just have to know that every single driver or person that walks past you is cheering you on because actually you're out there doing it. And I think that's a really powerful thing to remember that every, every runner that you come across will smile because we're all runners. doesn't matter how quick they run past you. They know you're out there giving it your best. 
And I think that start small, don't do what I did and think, okay, I'm going to run, put on a pair of shoes and try and run as far as you can for as long as you can. That's not how you do it. There's great apps like Couch to 5K now. Walk and run, start small, be sensible. Um, And with strength training, again, you can just implement it. You don't have to do five times a week. Start small, do it, you know, start with twice a week, three times a week, and then fit it in, in your training and just be sensible and listen to your body. And don't be too hard on yourself. And also know that the people that you're looking at social media, they put thousands of hours into their running. And we've all got to start somewhere. I started somewhere and I wasn't a runner, but now I've ran countless thousands of miles. But that's just keep showing up. That's be consistent and you will see results, but you've got to be consistent. You've got to stick with it. And it's hard and it's tough. You've just got to stick in there. So um, who you, you inspire a lot of people, obviously, but who inspires you? Oh my gosh, that's such a great question. Who inspires me? I've got a particular friend um, called Kate Reed. I went to school with her. We went, we went all through school together. And Kate Reed is one of these people that she, from a very young age, knew what she wanted. She, was, she said to me, Gemma, I've even got it. God, I have to show you, but I've got like a, when we left school, she signed her Leavers book, Kate Reed, international athlete. She knew she was going places and she went to the Olympics and she ran um, the 10K in, um, yeah, she went to the Olympics and just her mindset, she's overcome a lot of injuries, a lot of surgeries. She actually won Bath Half last year, but she just, her mindset, her work ethic has always stuck with me as one of my friends from school. She was the one eating brown bread sandwiches and bananas whilst we were eating Derrily Dunkers and all the other crap that you had in your lunchbox. But she knew, she just knew she was going to go to the top and she did. She just knew. And I think that kind of mindset, I don't know, there's something about it that's powerful to be around. So yeah, I'd say Kate, my childhood friend from Clevedon, who had the same education as me, the same start as I did, but she made it all the way to the top because of her mindset. That's amazing. um, Okay, so what do you think that you've learnt as a runner that you wouldn't have learnt otherwise? What has running taught you? That I'm capable of far more than I ever thought possible. I would never have done this personal training. I've always believed myself to be stupid, to not be good enough. You know, just to be... I've never believed in myself, really. And I think running has taught me that, yes, you can. Yes, you might have to work harder than everyone else. You're not going to be as smart as others. But you've got something inside you that others don't possess. There's people that are way smarter than me, um, who are way more talented than me, but they don't work as hard as I do. And I think that running has shown me that you are capable of so much more than you think you are with the work. You've got to put that work in and roll your sleeves up every day and get in, get involved in it and do it. But um, yeah, running, I suppose, has shown me my true capabilities as, as a person, which I never would have seen before. And um, talk to me about food, because I like to talk to runners about food. It's, uh, okay. <laughs> it's okay. one of my favourite things. Um, okay. What do you like to eat? What's the, what's the best thing for you cheese. to eat before you run and after you get oh, back? Oh, before I run? <laughs> Not <Yeah>. cheese. <laughs> well, yeah, 
Yeah, if you want to eat chocolate. No, um, I don't tend. I don't tend to have. I'm not one of these people that eats a certain food. I just know what foods I can't eat before I run. Like I can't eat a banana before I run. <laughs> I upsets my stomach. I just know what foods to stay away from. But I'm not one of these people that's really regimented in their diet. I like the nice things in life. I enjoy them. I don't think food is to be restricted. I don't believe that food should be... Um, I think people hang themselves up on food a lot. And it's not something I really think about, which is why I'm a bit like, I don't really know what I eat because I don't take it that seriously. I eat for enjoyment. I eat whatever I like. And yeah, I don't really have a, a diet, I suppose, that I follow. I just enjoy food like a normal person <laughs> this is good that's exactly what I want to hear yeah I just don't think people should get hung up on food and what people eat what other people eat stay in your lane and don't I don't look at what other people eat I don't care I don't care what other people eat and I don't care what other people say about food because you've got a lot of unsolicited advice again I'm doing my nutrition with my personal training and dietitians and nutritionists are the only people that can actually give advice and I see people all over Instagram spouting off about stuff they don't understand or things that they're not qualified to talk about and it is dangerous it's like speak to people in that field who are qualified if you want to talk about nutrition do that don't follow what Joe Bloggs is eating it's everyone's individual we're all different humans all different you know we all have different nutritional needs so yeah, I, I, nutrition is an area that I think it should stay with the, the experts and not people that don't know what they're talking about, especially me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so did you ever make that leap like your friend? Did you ever go from your white bread sandwiches and Dairy Lee Dunkers to no. brown bread sandwiches and bananas or are no. you still on the Dunkers? No. I love the Dunkers. I've got some in the fridge. <laughs> no, absolutely. I'm one of those people that I just, I do love... I do love the, you know, the rubbish food. I like nice food too, but I don't, I'm not so great that I need, I'm not elite. I don't need to be, I don't need to be eating. I, I, my body's used to eating cheese and it seems to work very well on that. But I just think that yeah, I don't need to be taking that. If I wanted to up my game, would I look at my nutrition? Yes, possibly. If I wanted to take it to the next level, I'm actually very happy running the miles and speeds that I'm running with what I'm eating. I feel like my body is quite happy and healthy with what I'm doing with it. So I don't really feel like I need to tweak it that much. But I do have a friend who is an extremely good runner. And she was saying to me that she would need to tweak her diet if she wanted to kind of really, really get into that. You know, she ran a 2.36 marathon on her first go. She's that good. But she was saying that in order to get the, the 2.30, like to knock six minutes off that marathon, she would have to look at her nutrition with a fine tooth comb. Because you do. When, when you get that good, your margins are very dependent on nutrition. But I'm not going to be running a, a 2.36 marathon. <laughs> so I'll, 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 st I'll stick eating my kinders because I just love that chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I want to ask you about um, running habits and superstitions. Do you have any? Is there anything that you do before you go for a run or for a race? Put my anti-chafe on because if I don't, I get bad luck and I get chafed like I did yesterday. Um, no, I don't really have anything that I do except 
No, I don't. I don't have any kind of superstitions on running, no. Has anyone on Instagram that follow you, have you heard from them? Have they taken up running because they've been inspired oh by you? Yes, yes. I get it a lot. And I just, it's one of the great things with Instagram is, is the community behind it. You know, they aren't squares, they're people. And I do get messages saying, oh, you know, I, I signed up. In fact, I, because I'm doing Race the Stones this week virtually, I've had a lot of people message me saying, oh, because of you, I signed up for Race the Stones and did my first ultra. Because of you, I decided that I could run and, and do a 5K. Or I do get that. And it's so, it's so flattering. It's so lovely to hear that someone like me can inspire someone I've never met. I mean, some of my followers, um, one I'm thinking of in particular, you know, she's a lawyer. She's a clever girl. Um, and she, and she was just like, oh, you inspire, you know, somewhat, you know, people are doctors and lawyers and I inspire them. I'm just like this regular girl from Cleveland. It's just, I don't know. It's really flattering and it's really lovely. And it makes me so happy that I can, I'm part of their journey in some strange way, even if they haven't met me in real life. It's lovely. I mean, positivity breeds positivity and they're going to then inspire people, but follow them and it's just like a chain reaction i'm just part part of that chain but it makes me really happy when people do message me and say that i've helped them it's lovely and so you're doing um race to the stones this week what does that entail I am. it means running 100k in a week which for me is a lot of miles so after our chat i'm gonna probably go out and run a half marathon again um i've run 13 miles 10 miles. i've got to run 62 miles this week a lot of miles so I'm doing it virtually. Some people are doing it in one hit. Some people are doing it over two days, but I'm doing it over a week, which, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be challenging because I'm quite tired already and it's only Wednesday. But, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the um, 100K virtually. And then next year I'd actually quite like to go back to where it all began and do it again and race it um, and race it on my own. So that's my plan for next year. I'd like to go back to race the stones and race it. Do you have any races in the diary for the end of the year that they've got nothing kind of planned? Well, I don't know. I mean, I'd love to do Tewkesbury Half Marathon if it's on in, I think it's September, October. I'd love to go and do a half marathon and really revisit my PB, which I know I can definitely smash. Um, but yeah, really, Tewkesbury Half Marathon is the only race I'm holding out for this year, really. And next year, it'll be about the marathon and the ultra. So I'm going to do a marathon Newport in the spring and then do an ultra for fun in the summer that's going to be my year next year hopefully fingers crossed doing an ultra for fun I love that yeah just for fun <laughs> I want to do it in one go as well 100k in one go I want to do the whole thing in one go not I've always done over two camped and did it over two but I want to do it over one next year um with all of this running has has anything about it surprised you yeah I think it's so supportive I think that's the surprise is that everyone's cheering everyone else on and Women get a bad rep for being bitchy, jealous. Not in the running community, they're not. It's women empowering women. It's women. That's been the biggest shock for me. And being a member of a running club as well, um, the women are just so supportive. It's actually the men that are the bitchy ones and really ultra competitive. It's just like, oh, come on, boys, really? <laughs> but I think for me, the biggest shock has been women supporting other women. There is no bitchiness. There is no edge. People are supportive regardless of what your pace is. It doesn't matter. Everyone's, everyone's rooting for you. And I think that's what I want also to encourage everybody that isn't in the running community to come into the running community because 
we're all there to help you and support you on your journey. It doesn't matter what your goals are. Even if you just want to run for your mental health and get out there twice a week, that, that's, still, that's still important. It's not all about races and times. It's about support and, and you know, helping each other. Like I share tips all the time, things that I, I learn, I love to share. Like you shouldn't wear the same shoes twice in two days, which Kate told me. I didn't know that because they need, you know, they need 40 hours to recover and come back to their, you know, it needs, the shoe needs to settle. You shouldn't then go out in the same pair of shoes the next day. I like to, how to not make your hydration pack, like when you've got a hydration pack on your back and that sloshing, it makes it sound like you need a wee. Mm. Well, there's a way of stopping that. You turn it upside down, suck the air out. Of course, you can't hear the water. So I like to share things I learn. And that's been the biggest surprise for me is other people, other women, are just so super supportive and I don't see any ounce of bitchiness. The only thing I see that I don't like is when people compare and it's not something I do myself. It's, it's that comparison game. Oh, I'm not as good as you. I wish I was as, we're all different. We've all got different stories, different start points. You should never compare. That's the only thing I don't like is when I see people beat themselves up with the comparison game. It's a game you'll never win. So that's the only thing I don't like about it. Do you think that running makes you feel like more of a feminist because of yes. that oh my gosh yes let me tell you a story yes so there was a race I won't say which race it was there was a race and my friend won it and she got 20 pounds less than the winning male yeah I won't say which race it was but it was a race that I was passionate about and I found out that she won 20 pounds less so I went to the um the head of the race, and I asked them to explain themselves. And they just said, well, that's the way it's always been done. This race is a very old race. It's been going since um, it's a really old race. Anyway, um, I said, that's not good enough. That is not good enough. We all paid, we all pay the entry money, the same as the men. The, the, the prize money should be the same. And they couldn't argue it, so they changed it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it has made me very much a feminist that actually women, like we still don't run the same cross country distances as men. We, I think we've still got a way to go. Like women didn't run marathons until, you know, obviously Boston happened and that whole story, you know, but I suppose the long, the distance running women can compete on an even field with men, especially in the ultra kind of, we can, we can, you know, we've got like a, a stage that's equal. Men will always be, better than us because they're made differently I know that I'm not trying to fight against that but equality and prize money I will fight against that because that's not right and I will stand up for what I believe is is right and that is that women should have the same prize money as men (laughs) why wouldn't we yeah absolutely yeah Um, yeah (laughs) um definitely do um one last tiny little question okay what's your favorite bit of running kit favorite bit of running kit (sighs) i'm gonna have to say my spy belt because i take my phone with me everywhere so it's a piece of kit that i wore long before i got on instagram um when i told you at the beginning i had my little backpack my hydration and i used to like put on my back i didn't know these things existed until i researched it and um so my spy belt, because I take my phone with me wherever I go, because I'm always listening to music. So without that bit of kit, I couldn't listen to my music. And I love listening to music when I run. So I would say my favorite bit of kit is my spy belt. 
because you can't feel it when you've got your belt on. And actually, when I first joined Instagram with my 14 followers, I messaged them and I just said, oh, if you ever need an ambassador, like I'm your girl because I love your belt. And actually, I was their first ever ambassador. I didn't have any followers. And, um, but they knew I was truly passionate about this belt. So, um, and I was their first ever ambassador. <laughs> but I love it. I love the belt. So, <laughs> but yeah, they're a company that, um, yeah, they're brilliant. They just, they're really passionate about what they do. And I love that belt. So yeah, I'd say my favorite bit of kit is my belt because I need my phone all the time. And without that, I'd be that crazy backpack wearing girl that I was in, <laughs> in that photo. I must show you that picture. It's quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> what, what music do you listen to? Oh my gosh. It's so varied. It depends what run I'm on. So if I'm on a really easy run, I like to listen to music that's quite um, slow. Um, I'm a massive Celine Dion fan. <laughs> so quite often Celine Dion or Shania Twain will come with me. But if it's like a really, if it's a quick run, it gets quite aggressive. So my music taste will go to kind of crazy gangster rap. I turn into this crazy, you know, music I don't normally listen to, but anything that gets me like excited or like a bit aggressive, because I know I've got to like run quick. But yeah, it depends what session I'm running to what music I listen to. I don't tend to listen to people talking when I run. I don't tend to listen to podcasts or um, I like to listen to music, but it just, yeah. I'm just a music listener. Love it. That sounds great. So you're off out now on your 13 miler. I am. I have to get the miles in early doors because otherwise I'm, gonna, I'm not going to make it this 100k week. As the week goes on, I'm getting more and more tired. So I've been really getting an early night in. I've been really looking at my nutrition, making sure that I'm having smoothies and because I want to make it to the end. So I'm just about to head out the door now and do my yeah, my third long run of the week and I'll just keep doing those miles until I tick them, tick them all off and then would have completed the 100k week, which will be fantastic. That's incredible. When's, it, when's your final day? Is that Saturday? Jeez. Well, I don't know. It depends on how many miles I run, but I'm hoping, um, I haven't got any rest days planned this week. So Sunday should be my last day, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. Oh my gosh. Well, the very best of luck with it. I hope it goes well. Thank you. And it's lovely to see you again as well. Yes, I would see you too. It feels like a completely different time now, doesn't it? Sitting in that hotel in Loch Ness. And... Oh gosh, that hotel. It was just so, so amazing. Thanks for listening to my chat with Gemma, This Girl Can Run Far. This episode was recorded during lockdown. The sound recorder and composer was Dave Newman. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Do please let me know if there's anyone you'd like me to chat with. And do hit subscribe so that you get your fortnightly dose of women's running chat as soon as I release it into the wild. At Women's Running, we want to inspire you to run, whether you've never run before or you're training for your fifth ultramarathon. We think that women who run need a space for themselves and we want to be that. Every month we talk all things running and all things women, from training plans for specific distances to interviews with incredible runners ideas on how to improve your running and remain injury-free, to delicious recipes to fuel your running and tons of advice on women's health. The easiest way to get hold of a copy is to go to our online shop at shop.womensrunning.co.uk or you could get it delivered direct to your door or to your inbox every month by subscribing. 
You can buy the digital edition at pocketmags.com or download the app to your phone or tablet through your app store. For all the different ways to read the magazine, go to shop.womensrunning.co.uk. Do join us. We would love to have you with us. Happy running. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.